Welcome to the PopGo Project Podcast, a platform for the discussion and discovery of arts and entertainment. We focus on highlighting people and events that add value to the world around us. Visit us on all social media platforms by searching The PopGo Project or visit our website at thepopgoproject.com. Welcome to the show and thank you so much for listening. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Keller's Garden Center and Landscaping Services. Contact Keller's today and get your yard cleaned up before that dirty old man winter comes. I hate to say it, but he's on his way. The mornings are cold. They're frigid. I don't like it. I'm turning the uh, the steering wheel warmer on. I'm, I'm putting the seat warmers on. It's, it's just miserable. But contact Keller's today. And if you're looking for snow removal services during the winter months, they can take care of that for you too. Do not break your back this winter and leave the heavy lifting to the professionals at Keller's family owned and operated. Their team is looking forward to serving you Keller's garden center and landscaping services located on Kern street in Exeter near blue ribbon dairy. Find them on social media to learn more. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Kira Krakowski. Yes, you got it. I got it right? You got it right. <laughs> All right. It, it's not, it doesn't look that bad. I, but I have like a, a fear now of last names. I I uh, sometimes MC weddings with DJ Hirsch and um, I messed up a last name once. Oh, like it, introducing people? <laughs> Yeah, so it wasn't even like the uh, groomsman. It was the it was the groom. <laughs> what makes it even worse? It wasn't even his, like I didn't even butcher his name. I gave him the wrong name. Oh no! Thankfully, yeah, because the the sheet the way the sheet was, we just I just I just crossed it up. Uh, thankfully, I knew who he was and I knew his wife, and uh, it was an okay time to make a big screw up. But I'm still yeah. paranoid. Yeah, I mean, I would get that. That's actually not that I DJ weddings, but I always wonder, like, when people announce, like, when a DJ is announcing, like, the wedding party, like, how do you not, like, butcher these names? Some yeah. of them are hard. They names are. can be hard. I was fortunate. Uh, I haven't had too many uh, doozies, but uh, I'm paranoid. I'll, I'll sit the whole car ride down just, like, reading names. Yeah. I get that. I feel like I do the same. Yeah. So, but thanks for doing this. Absolutely. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for asking. Yeah. I I saw you. um, You came up. I mean, I've, so you and I go way back. Way back. Uh, Kind of. Kind of. I don't think we've ever spoken. Um, You were, you were and are friends with uh, Rachel Pugh. Yes. She's a doll. Um, yeah, I think um, you may have been model of the week or some kind of weekender thing. Weekender days, yes. Okay, so I, I knew of you at that point, um, and I just kind of followed you, you know, since back then. And now you're doing some cool things with bands, and uh, you own a hair salon and a lot of stuff. So uh, yeah, I'm glad we can catch up here. Yeah, I love this. But let's, uh, while we're talking about Rachel real quick, I told her that uh, you and I were chatting today. 
Yay. And um, I said, do you have any questions you want to ask her? You want to do any guest, guest questions? And uh, she has said that uh, she told you that Pamela Anderson started her own bathing suit line and that she has a Baywatch suit. Yes. You were thinking of getting one. Did you get it? I didn't get it. Oh, but it's, there's still time. Yeah, I mean, the internet. Still time. Beautiful thing, you know. <laughs> I love, I love that that was her question because I she was at my shop um, when she when she launched the bathing suit line and we were looking at it and she's like, "You need one of you need this bathing suit," um, but I think that they're still available, so there's still time and summer is on its way. So, well, if Pamela Anderson was smart, she'd have some available. She definitely would. <laughs> I mean, that's not just something that you get rid of. Yeah. A classic timeless bathing suit. Yeah. So that's uh, Rachel's question for you. I love that. <laughs> Thanks, Rach. Yeah. I'm happy that we've been able to stay friends. Oh, I know. She's a, she's a great gal. Yeah. But what I saw recently <clears throat> was this, um, and you can explain more of it, what it is exactly, but that's a thing called, it's a concept called Drop It Like It's Yacht. Yes that you became a part of mm-hmm. and I was like holy shit I uh I know the guy who kind of started it or kind of created it or helped create it whatever uh Jason Goldfarb from Near Dark Entertainment yes I know him very well I shouldn't say very well I know him uh I know John Henderson which is like a, a they do a lot of stuff together when they're okay. booking projects I know John Henderson very well uh I'm like holy shit that's really cool and I love I mean Yacht Rock who doesn't love Yacht Rock right I love Yacht Rock. <laughs> and uh, then I dug a little further and I saw that you were, you did, um, what was it called? Uh, Go Go Retro. Go Go Retro, yes. That is coming to an end. That has come to an end just on Sunday. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about both those projects because Go Go Retro was uh, what, like a two and a half year type of uh, situation. So GoGo Retro, um, I don't know, everybody's probably familiar with the project GoGo Gadget. Um, so GoGo Retro was kind of a spinoff of GoGo Gadget. Um, and we did retro music, 70s, 80s, 90s. Um, and I'm with, I've, I've been with um, Three Hive Entertainment for that. Um, and it was put together um, for the band Magical Mystery Doors. Um, which is an upcoming Beatles, Led Zeppelin, and The Doors tribute band. Um, And, you know, that's kind of members from uh, some bands that have been around, some of the guys from Go-Go Gadget, um, Vinny from Lost in Paris, um, kind of came together to create this tribute band. And while they were putting that together, they needed to um, kind of put together an act that can, you know, financially support them in the meantime. So they came up with GoGo Retro. Um, and yeah, I was so honored and lucky to be a part of it. It's actually, um, we started in 2020. So it's actually been four years. Oh, wow. Unfortunately, wow. 2020 was a wash because of the pandemic. Um, but we still did, uh, you know, rehearsals. We had some live streams. We did some fun stuff that year. And then we really hit hard in um, 2021. So um, I've been really fortunate to be part of that project. Um, again, a lot of classic rock. 
70s, 80s, 90s, stuff that, you know, I'm really comfortable with, stuff that I love. And, you know, we traveled everywhere to do it, um, you know, just doing the cover band scene. Um, and, yeah, I mean, we were everywhere. We did the thing. And then, you know, this year they've uh, their tribute band got with new management. And um, from then on, they had to make a decision, I guess, um, you know, what are they going to have time for? So they really don't have time to do both projects. Um, so unfortunately go, go retro had to come to an end. So we had our last show at the yard in Atlantic city on Sunday, which was new year's Eve. Um, so that was a lot of fun, a very emotional show for me. Um, just because it's the, you know, the end of an era, but, um, you know, there's always something new around the corner. Um, but it's been really awesome just to be, um, part of that band and on stage with those guys who've been playing and they're just such multi-talented musicians. So it's been a great ride. Yeah. I mean, I remember Go Go Gadget. I mean, yeah. kind of started, I don't want to say in NEPA, but maybe kind of. I'll have a black yeah. cat too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I kicked my black cat out tonight. He, he, uh, <laughs> she was down here last night when I was recording a podcast and, uh, Real pain in the ass. Yes, they love to. Uh, <laughs> they love to be part of. They that love group. the camera. Yeah. Um, but it's it was cool to see like Go Go Gadget like start from. I remember they were playing Thursday nights at uh, Nightcaps. The Woodlands. Oh, the at Woodlands. Nightcaps. Yeah. Yeah, they were. Yeah, Thursday night at Nightcaps. The Woodlands. Yeah, like and I mean, they were great. And then it was crazy to see what they built. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They're still going late. strong. And this, there still is a Go Go Gadget. Yeah, there's still Go Go Gadget. Okay. Yeah. And who who was the lead singer from that? Um, he was kind of stepped away. He has he does Three Hive now. Um, Jeff Tomrell. Jeff, yes, okay. Mm-hmm. I follow him as well. Um, yeah. So it's cool that like you know Go Go Gadget, Go Go Retro, and now you said the this uh, other project is magical. Oh, Magical Mystery Doors. Yeah. So that's actually, and like I said, that's a tribute band to Led Zeppelin, the Beatles, and the Doors. Yeah. Yeah. Those guys, and I don't know if there's ever girls involved, but um, outside you, obviously, with Google Retro, but I mean, that's a tight, tight group. It's a tight group. Yeah. Yeah. They they do it right. Yeah. It's great being a part. Yeah. So enter Drop It Like It's Yacht. Talk about this whole concept because, I mean, it sounds awesome. Sounds fun. It sounds like people want to be a part of it. Yeah. So for those of you who might be listening that don't know what Yacht Rock is, Yacht Rock is 70s and 80s, smooth rock, soft rock. Um, it's just like a brand new genre, a brand new title, I should say, for a genre that's been around. Soft rock has been around. Um, but a lot of people, I think, are under the impression that I'm going on an actual yacht, (laughs) but I'm not actually going on a yacht. It's just yacht rock themed. So essentially anything that you would um, wear on a yacht, a lot of people show up, um, I guess, portraying that. So it's going to be a really exciting project. Um, It's going to be hosted in clubs and venues. 
Um, there's going to be a, an opportunity to dress up as if you're going on a yacht. There's going to be specialty drinks. And it's just a really big dance party um, that features Yacht Rock all night. Um, and I'm really excited because I love Yacht Rock personally. I love classic rock and I love Yacht Rock because it's just like a branch off of that. Just like obviously the softer version of it. Um, and it's actually really funny how it came about because the one day I was talking to Jason and he was like, so what are you going to do? Like when retro's done? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I'd like to do something with Yacht Rock, like not even knowing. I've heard of Drop It Like It's Yacht, but I actually had no idea that he was involved. So he was like, that's really funny. He's like, because I, I'm part of this project, um, Drop It Like It's Yacht. And like, maybe this would be something that like we can incorporate you with. So he ended up asking me and um, it's not a band, but it's a really a fun opportunity that I'll be able to be a DJ and also a host um, for these huge dance parties. And not only that, but like they've recently this year got signed with UTA, which is a national booking agency. So the project will be going all over the country, um, not physically on a boat, but we're going to pretend that we're going on a boat and party all night long. So you said it's not a band. So it's not a band. Nope. So when you say we, mm -hmm. who, who is we? So me, so I'll be, you know, showing up and kind of leading this party. Um, and the people that come dressed up, ready gotcha. to party the, and the ready group, to dance, the group, um, that will be us. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So have you, I guess you've DJed before. A little bit, yes. A little bit, okay. So the DJ host of Drop It Like It's Yacht. Yeah. I mean, I think if people don't know what Yacht Rock is, I mean, imagine going to the grocery store. A lot of that music, from what I remember, when I used to work in a grocery store, a lot of that stuff, Michael McDonald type, mm -hmm. type of, you know, Doobie Brothers. Uh, sure. What else? I mean, there's countless songs that my buddies and I, like, I'll, you'll hear it if you're in the grocery store or on classic rock stations and I'll hear it and uh, I'll text them and, and, you know, reminisce about times at the grocery store that we used to work at. Yep. But uh, yeah, it's just fun. It's uh, so I imagine people, you know, ideally like you know, captain's hats, maybe mm -hmm. white jackets, white jackets, shoes, pipes, pipes. Okay. Pipes. Nice. <laughs> just dressing, you know, fun. Wear a sailor outfit, sequins, a bathing suit, whatever you feel like you would, Go on a yacht with. It sounds like so. Obviously, bands are still uh, a big part of you know entertainment, right? But I mean, you think about a lot of things. Like this is not a band. It's you know it's a DJ. You're hosting it, mm -hmm. and people are you know basically partying to music that's already been made. Um, but you have like the uh, emo nights that are popular now, like, and that's all just it's a DJ and a host. Um, yeah. it's a popular, popular one locally in Scranton out of Scranton, uh, Screaming Infidelities uh, with uh, Joe Caviston and DJ Hirsch. Um, very successful. So it's like these, it's kind of cool how these type of themes have uh, been built and have become very popular. Yeah. 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 People seem to really like the concept of just dressing up and going out and dancing to a specific theme all night. Well, I, I feel like people want like they it has to 
I feel like it's become very hard for entertainers to get people to come out. You know, no one like the the days of sitting in a bar, uh, yeah. just staring at each other, are kind of over. Like, at least they are for me. I mean, I have two kids and I'm married and full time job, and I do this on the side. Like, my time is limited. I need if I'm going out, it's for something like fun and exciting like this, like we're talking about now. But uh, it just seems like that's kind of like you really need to have this big kind of thing going on for people to yeah. want to get, get, be a part of. Yeah. Go out and be a part of it and yeah. really get so, people out for you. I mean, you are, uh, is this going to be like a, a huge change for you? Like not being as, you know, you know, singing and, and part of a band. I think as of right now, it will be a change um, just because for the past X amount of years, I've been in a band, um, but I also kind of I'm excited for the change just in the sense that it's something different. Like I'm not having to learn songs. I'm not having to remember lyrics. I'm not having to um, necessarily be the one singing the music. But at the same time, it's very much my speed because I'm still hyping people up um, and getting them excited about songs that I love. So it's a little bit change of pace, but I'm actually looking forward to the change. Not saying that I wouldn't be in a band again. I just think that this is like a nice little break from what I'm used to, I guess you could say. Yeah. Part of the journey. Part of the journey, yeah. yeah. And I'll still do duo stuff. So I'm not completely out of the loop. Um, duo and solo stuff, which is I've been doing longer than I've been in a band. So... Um, still looking forward to to having those moments as well. There's something cool about you know being a host or, an, or a DJ of a party. Like I said, I I, I MC weddings sometimes, and like watching Hirsch like kind of read the audience and read the crowd, and like you know the one wedding I'll never forget. We uh, the the Phillies had just won uh, a playoff game, and we yeah. were in Lancaster, and there was the the bridal party it says something about about the phillies and i'm like yo dude like next play this song because it was like the popular song that the phillies would play uh what was it called uh like dancing on my own i think it was called mm-hmm. yeah huge and, yeah so and, he, and he's like oh, i don't know and I, i'm like dude just do it and he played it and they went nuts it was like and like it was awesome like i felt like i was part of the the, the whole thing and um it was cool. And that's got to be cool as I, as like I said, a host, a DJ, like just kind of uh, navigating that night, kind of, you mm-hmm. know, highs and lows and kind of just reading the crowd, like knowing when, when, what, when to play what song. And I mean, is, is that exciting? Is- yeah. I mean, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, again, it's music I love. And I think the concept of it is just awesome. So to be able to just like read these people and have fun and just get them hyped up, um, that's, that sits really well with me. And like I said, that's that's part of what I'm used to doing, just a little bit of a different way. Yeah. Well, I wanted to touch on all that like current stuff that's going on uh, in case people yeah. decide to tune out. Um, but I want to kind of get into the history of who Kira is. Sure. Um, born and raised in uh, NEPA? NEPA. NEPA. NEPA, yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I like NEPA. <laughs> I, I guess I like NEPA better than NEPA. Oh, I don't like NEPA. 
NEP is gross. That sounds weird. NEP is not great. I always go with NEPA. NEPA works. Yeah. But, uh, and I think I've seen you throughout the years. Um, you, you know, you, you talk about doing duos. I think I've seen you uh, with Mike Doherty. Mm-hmm. Yep. Is that accurate? Okay. Yes, absolutely. We played together for a long while and still once in a while we'll, uh, we'll link up to play a show. Yeah. So I, well, I've known Mike, uh, his brother, TJ, one of my, one of my good friends. Um, I remember Mike when he was probably 15 years old, uh, playing in a band called Dirty Water. Okay. Uh, I think it was probably, he was 15. I was probably just turned 21 and he was playing at, at bars with his you know, parents present. Um, I won't mention the bar's names. Uh, he may have been a little older, maybe 17, maybe 18. But um, mm-hmm. I remember watching him play, him and Justin Mazur, if you know Justin. Yeah. And I remember like watching them and go, yo, these kids are like going to do something. Um, and obviously Justin Mazur has traveled the, the world with, you know, uh, a number of different bands uh, playing a guitar and, uh, it's awesome seeing what he's doing and, and then, you know, Mike doing his thing. Uh, and I'm glad I wasn't wrong. I guess was what, what I'm saying. It's, yeah. it's cool to see that they're both doing very well. Yeah. I mean, yes. I mean, I could speak on Mike's behalf. I mean, he kills it. He's still all over the place and he's just such a talented player and singer. So he really, he goes out there and he gets it. I'd like to see him do more rock stuff. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. That'd be awesome. I told his dad. He's very that. soulful. Mike's yeah, I know. Soulful. I know, and that's fine. I get it. Like, it's cool. But I mean, I want to see. I want to see him do rock stuff. Yeah. I told his dad. His dad that at TJ's wedding, I think it was. I'm like, yo, you gotta get your son to do more rock stuff. But, I agree. Hear that, Mike? Do more rock. Yeah, Mike. Come on, 2024. Do some rock stuff for us. The year of rock. The year of the rock. But, I mean, has music been a part of your life forever? I mean, do you come from a musical family? How did that kind of come about? So I don't come from a musical family in the sense of anybody in my family, like, actually played any instruments or sang. Um, From a very young age, music was a big part of my life because it was always playing in my house, in the car, in every room of my house, no matter where... I was, there was music. Um, my mom swears that I was singing before I was talking just because I was so into these songs that, you know, one day I was swinging in my little swing and she heard me mumbling these lyrics. And of course, like, you know, back in those days, there wasn't a iPhone that you could just pick it up and take a video. You know, as soon as she went up to try to get the video camera, I stopped so, but she swears that I was singing before I could talk. Um, but just growing up, I mean, I was very influenced by like musicals, just The Wizard of Oz and Annie. And I just always took um, such a liking to anything that I could like put on an outfit and like perform. Like if it was just for my parents or just for like the neighbors or my friends would come over and I'd be like, okay, it's time to play concert. Um, from a very young age, music was a big part of my life. And then when I, um, got a little bit older, I think I was about nine or 10 when I started taking it seriously. And I, I got into vocal lessons. Um, I started playing piano. Um, 
and really from there, it just kind of took off. I mean, I did, I did the whole theater thing. Like as a teenager, I was big into musical theater. Um, but also like Mike from a very young age, I think I played my first solo gig at a bar in Wilkes-Barre when I was about 13. Um, I think I was 13 and I played for a fundraiser, I want to say that was at a local bar. And from there I just started booking and my obviously parents would have to come out and be there and be present when I was playing, but I was playing out from a very young age, just me and the piano. Um, I started doing sets with bands just because, um, and yeah, from there, it just kind of took off. I started writing my own music, and the rest is really history. So you're playing out live in front of people at 13. I mean, yeah. was that, were you nervous? Like, or was that just kind of like, hey, this is, this is cool. This is what I'm doing. I, I just thought it was, like, really cool at the time. Um, I never was nervous. If anything made me nervous, it was like, something silly like I was going to sneeze or I was going to forget a lyric but it wasn't necessarily the fact that there was like people in front of me and I was like singing and playing it was like really like small stuff that like didn't matter you know what I mean like and typically and I'm still like this to this day but if there the more the people the better um like if I was just playing at home practicing in front of my parents and like maybe a friend I would be like shaking but then put me out in a bar and there's 50 75 people I was like this is great like I just felt like totally myself like I could just do what I wanted to do yeah it's probably good to do when you're young too though because you don't overthink a lot of things yeah because as an adult you're like oh like you think you have this kind of like reputation or you know, you just overthink things. And when you're young, you're just kind of like that, that innocence, I guess you could say. Um, you just don't think about that kind of shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's taken me on a really cool road. I ended up leaving high school when I was in 10th grade. I actually joined a girl group out of Philadelphia. Um, and we spent our time between Philadelphia and New York. Um, and I learned a lot with that project just because we worked in so many studios um, and it really gave me good experience for like just what it's like to be in recording studios all day. And, you know, all the takes that is involved in, in creating a song and just a lot of studio experience came from that project. Um, The project only lasted about a year, but I stayed out of school doing cyber school um, just so that I continue to work on projects. I worked on a lot of original music and yeah, it's, it was really cool. I was going to say, you, you, you dropped out of school or you just did cyber school? So I just did cyber school. So okay. I stopped physically showing up in school. Yeah. I just did all my, my schooling online. That's wild. Yeah. What did your parents say about that? They were a hundred percent for it. I mean, my parents, my mom, really was my biggest support. She still is. Um, so she knew how, how passionate I was about music and she was there to make it happen. You know, anything that I wanted to do musically, she was a hundred percent for. Um, 
so when I, you know, auditioned and then finally got the role in this girl group, she was like, okay, like, this is what it's going to involve. Like, you you know, you're going to have to obviously be very disciplined to cyber school yourself. And if you can, you know, keep up your grades and do this, this is what we're going to do. And what year was that? 2010. Okay. Yeah. Because I feel like, you know, music and arts and all that kind of stuff, like, whenever a, a kid says they have these dreams to do that, right? The first thing their parents say is like, oh, you're never going to make it or you won't make any money doing that, blah, blah, blah. So I always find it like really fascinating and really cool when, you know, there's situations like yours where you're like, I want to go do this in 10th grade. I'm going to remove myself from school. I'll still do cyber school. And, they, and your parents yeah. are like, yeah, let's, 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 let's see where we let's can go do with it. this. Yeah, let's see. And that happens a lot with, you know, people I talk to, which is, I guess, I guess that's what you have to do. You know, it's, it's, if you take the safe road and kind of, you know, just play by the rules and do all that kind of stuff, you'll, you'll never, you'll never know. Right. And then you'll live with uh, regret or just regret. Yeah. Yeah. And what did your friends think about that? Like, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving school. I'll see you later. I'm going to go uh, pursue. Um, <laughs> it was funny because at the time the kids were either like, oh, she thinks she's too good for us. Or other people are like, yo, this bitch is going to be famous. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it was one or the other. Like, people were either like, oh, whatever. Like, you know, like like a jealous type, like whatever. Or they were just like, yo, like, go. Like, you're going to be famous. Like, remember us. Like, you know how it is when you're in school. Um, So I kind of dealt with one or the other. Um, But I was just so determined to to do it. I mean, that's, that's what I loved to do. So, you know, it was was a little bit of an adjustment, obviously, you know, being in high school and having to teach yourself and do the work and, and stay on top of everything when you had like all this other exciting stuff going on. Um, but me and the other two girls that were in the group at the time, um, they cyber schooled as well. So we all cyber schooled, um, we all spent most of our days, it was, it was with a choreographer in the studio or doing photo shoots. Um, it was very involved for the time being that I was in the project. And although it never ended up going anywhere, like I could never match that experience, especially at such a young age, you know? That's what it is. It's experiences. And I think there's so much to be learned from those types of things. Like yeah, maybe even more important than a book, you know, yeah. in school. It's... You know, there's, you know, you can read a book and, you know, follow, follow what you read and what you're told, but there's nothing better than like firsthand experience. So you are very right. So that project lasts, you said like about a year or so. I mean, yeah. did you finish school during that project or did that end first? Then you finished school after that? That ended first and I finished school. So that was, so that was 10th grade. It lasted a year. Um, so I still had another, another year in me. I still had my senior year. Did you go back to school? I didn't. I stayed cyber schooling. I stayed, um, focusing on original music. And at the time I was, um, going in and out of the city for a lot of auditions, just for little things, commercials, you name it. Um, so I stayed very active in my career and what I wanted to do. Um, and then I did graduate 
um, with highest honors. So I did well for myself. Um, and yeah, I finished, I, I wrote out cyber school right till I graduated, okay. but stayed very committed to the craft at the same time. That's good. Yeah. And then what after high school, where'd you go? So after high school, I decided to go out to LA for a little bit, lived in LA for a little bit, did the whole original music thing, worked with different producers, um, was in and out of a lot of writing sessions, was auditioning like crazy, booked different gigs to help me to live out there. I worked at a nightclub. I tried doing college online. (laughs) And then it just kind of crashed because I realized I did not like the West Coast. Like I thought maybe I would. Yeah. Um, I had been out there a couple times to do work. Um, and you go out there a couple times and you're like, this is cool. This is fun. But then once you're living there, like some of that, like kind of goes away. Yeah. And I just, it, I'm, I think I'm an East coast girl through and through. So I wanted to come home. Um, I no longer wanted to do college. My mom really wanted me to at least do college online. Um, I didn't want to do that. I took a semester off. Um, because I didn't know what I wanted to do. I worked like five jobs and then I decided to go to beauty school, which at the time everybody was against. (laughs) Um, and then one day I just like showed up and I was like, yeah, I signed up for beauty school and I start in a couple days and that was it. Why do you think people were against beauty school? Um, I think in a way I had been so involved with music that my mom kind of felt like I was giving up a dream by going to school to do something else. Um, and for some reason, like there, I don't think it is so much like that now, but there used to be this like stigma around beauty school that like, you know, it was like some type of like low end job that like, Oh, you're going to beauty school. Like everybody would just go to beauty school. Um, But that's also something that I always took a passion in. Like I always, you know, loved doing hair and doing makeup, whether it was for my friends or just for like theater stuff. Like I always had a passion and a knack for that too. And at the time and like everything else was like crazy and I didn't know what I wanted to do. It was like, I'm going to go to beauty school because if I do that, like at least I could have a job. Like no matter where I ended up, I felt like I could take that with me. You know, yeah, and the yeah. college thing just wasn't really like settling with me at the time. So I was just like, I need to do something. I can't just work five jobs forever. So I just went to beauty school. Yeah, I feel like you, like you said, uh, beauty school had a stigma to it, and it was like it if you couldn't, if you couldn't, if you couldn't uh, make it in college, if you couldn't, if you couldn't cut it, if like you gave up and you quit, and like, all right, right. well, I guess I'll oh, just go, well, go to beauty school. Yeah. And I think, well, I, th- I think, and maybe you, you you probably know more about this than I do, obviously, but, you know, it's obviously much different now yeah. than it was, you know, even like 10, 15 years ago. Um, and it's like, I think it's like a lot of trades, right? Because, I mean, I guess is it you, that was, you can consider that a trade, right? A trade, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like anything, like, I mean, there was so, like, people shit on trades. Yeah. But and now it's like, 
try and find a plumber, try and find a contractor, try and find an electrician. All -hmm. those guys or girls, they can basically name their price Mm -hmm. and they're hard to find and, and they have very little debt. If any, at this point, you know, if they're in the trade for a while, like that's just paid off. Like so many years that was like shit on. And now it's like, who's laughing now? Exactly. And I think with the beauty industry and, and all that kind of stuff, there's and there's so many different avenues within it, you know, with the with the internet and social media and TikTok. Like I interviewed Aaron Dugan, uh, your check, I don't know if you know her or not. Mm-hmm. She's like a beauty influencer. Like she's yeah. doing things that she never thought were even possible. Right. You know, and it's like it, it's 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 really cool to see how like that kind of stuff plays out. And you never know. Yeah. It's one of those you never know. No. And at the time, I mean, it's something I was passionate about. And I kind of was like, I won't know unless I try this. And even if I don't like it, I have a license. You know right. what I mean? Like, where could I go wrong? It was it was 2016. I almost so I was at the Weekender and then I was in radio for seven years. And my second year of radio, I guess it was, I almost decided to just go be a barber. Um, and there were a few different things, like reasons I didn't. Um, I think I was more caught up in like the, um, like the moment of being in a barbershop, like hanging out, shooting the shit, watching TV, like the culture, things like that. And I'm very also, I'm also very like anal about things. Yeah. I think that if I tried cutting hair, I probably would have like, if I messed up a line, I probably would have tried to fix it and then fix it mm-hmm. and then fix it. And then I'd be end up shaving some heads. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when I paint rooms in my house, like I'm very meticulous about stuff. I remember the last one I painted for my, my daughter's nursery. I got all four or five walls, whatever, how many walls there were in this room. The last one, I was at the last wall in the room like and to the last corner. And I was doing the top and I, my brush hit the, the, the uh, ceiling. I'm like, God, lost my mind. Lost my mind. Right. So angry. That shit bothers me Genius, so much. Yes, yeah. Uh, so I don't. I don't know if I would have been a good barber. I would have been a good like barber in a sense of like socializing and making feel sure. people feel comfortable in the chair. Absolutely. Um, but, like the culture was so it was so cool to me. Like, um, but I don't know if I could have cut it. And I think I feel like, and I was like, I was kind of like these guys at loyalty, actually, it was like, Hey, we want to come and bring you on as an apprentice. And, uh, I was like, I look around, I'm like, Oh, okay. You play an instrument. You're an artist. Like, I, I feel like there's a side of people's brains that kind of like are good for that stuff. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, you're like that too. Like you're an artist, you're creative, all that kind of like, I just, I don't have that, that, that side of my brain doesn't work. It just doesn't. I can't play music. I'm- I can kind of draw. I used to. I love it. Yeah, but I can't play. Drawing Drawing still takes part of that. I mean, not just anybody could pick up a pencil and draw something. When I was younger, I I, I drew. Like I haven't in a a long time. But maybe this is the year. Maybe you need to take (laughs) drawing back up. Give yourself a little creative outlet. No, if I this this is my outlet right here. Like if I need (laughs) if I do anything, I need to like jump on the Peloton or lift some kettlebells or do something uh, <laughs> health wise. If I do anything this year extra, it's, it's going to be that it has to be that. Um, 
because everyone's like, oh, it's not too late to start. I'm like, listen, I'm not picking up the guitar right now. I'm not doing that. Like, it's just, there's not a, a lot of time. It's not a time yeah. of day. There's just not. It takes it's, dedication. It does. And I just don't it have it. It takes time. It takes time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everything does. And I guess if and it's like, they always say, well, if you really want to do it, you'll do it. And it's like, fair, fair. Okay. But, but it looks like it, it, it worked out for you. You went to beauty school and tell, tell me where you're at now. So it worked out for me. Um, I left beauty school, um, and I was very, um, in tune with everything going on. Like, I think the thing with beauty school is like, they don't teach you all like a whole lot. They pretty much teach you like what you need to learn to pass a board and get your license. Um, but when it comes to like being innovative and keeping up on trends and, and styles, that's kind of where it falls off. So, um, I was really into it. I mean, I assisted at two salons while I worked in beauty school, anything that I could learn, I was trying to learn. People were coming in with pictures of things and I was doing things on people that my teachers were yelling at me and telling me I couldn't do it. And I was like, no, I, I saw on this this was, I mean, this was 10 years ago. So I was like, no, I saw on this platform called Instagram that like, this is what you do. And they were like, no, like that's not going to come out right. And I'm like, no, just trust me. Like, uh, you know, it was a lot of it was just kind of being rebellious and being like, no, no, no. Like, just trust me. Like I got this. Um, so when I came out of beauty school, like I still was like going to classes and just trying to absorb everything. I worked at two salons, um, ended up transferring to one salon and I just kind of took a leap in trusting that it was going to work. Um, and at the time, social media was still so new. Instagram was still so new. So I really used the platform to gain my clientele. Um, and it just worked. Like, it, I feel weird saying, like, there was never really a time where I had to, like, sit around and, like, wait for it. Like, it social media really was a great tool in launching my career. Um, so I got a lot of experience. I worked for um, about six or seven years with my one of my best friends. Um, and then it was just the pandemic happened. And after that, I just felt within me that I needed a shift. I needed something new. And that's when I decided to open up my own business. And yeah, I opened up and I really never looked back. And what's that called? So my business is called Lux and Lunar and it's a, a beauty salon. There's something special about, you know, having something to call your own. Mm-hmm. You know, you said you worked for seven years and you're always, it's like you're under someone's umbrella. <clears throat> um, I'm not sure how it works, but I know like in the in the barber world, I'm sure it's probably similar. You, you paid like for the chair. Yes. Like a rental fee or whatever that's called. Um, so talk about, I mean, obviously the pandemic affected all of us in different ways. Sure. You were able to decide, hey, like I'm going to take a chance on me roll the dice on myself and open up my yeah. own salon. 
<laughs> the cat's back. Star of the show. Star of the show. Give me Maya would be here too if, if I let her down here. But, um, but like with that being said, I mean, there's got to, but I, well, for you, I mean, you've always took risks. You've always, yeah. always kind of said, yeah, you so, always kind of said, fuck it. I'm, I'm, this is what I'm doing. I'm and doing if it, it doesn't yeah. work out, I'll, I'll figure it out. Like, I'll no figure it out. Yes. I'm, I'm jealous of people like you. I'm jealous of people who, because I've never done that. I've never, I mean, doing this podcast is probably the most, I don't know, not, not, not similar by any means, but it's like, when I started this, I, I was, when the weekender days ended, you know, I, I, I put blood, sweat, and tears into that. And then when I was in radio, I had the radio show, and I, I, I feel like I, I did more for the station than it did for itself. And I was tired of building things for other people. So I wanted to have something for myself. Yeah. Now I don't generate money from doing this. It's very much a passion project, but I love it. Um, but the only person that could, you know, pull the plug is me. The only people, the only person that could make it fail is me. Um, so I like that. No one, no one else can take this from me. Right. And there's a lot to be said about that. And I, I but when I, getting back to what I said, I, I, I'm, I'm jealous and not in a bad way, but that people can just like. Yes. You know what? I'm, I'm doing this. I'm going to take the risk. I'm going to, yeah. and, and opening and starting a business and keeping a business and they, they don't make it easy. No, there's a lot of red tape you got to go through. And yes. uh, I'm sure with your business, a lot of licenses that are involved and all, all kinds of things. You have probably a employees. lot of hoops that you have to jump through. Yeah. And Just to open the place. Like, right. yeah, I mean, talk about that. I mean, like, I mean, obviously, you probably had an idea of what was in, you know, what was involved because you worked yeah. at salons. I'm sure you kind of saw around you what they were going through. But yes. talk about the that process because, like, it's not it's not easy. Not everyone does it. No, I mean it's not. So it was actually really funny. I found the space before I really like thought what I was doing. I saw a space and I was like, that would make a good salon. And then I passed it another day and I was like oh, somebody's working there. I'm going to just stop and be like, hey, what is this? And they were like, oh, it's just like, you know, we're we're creating the suite. Um, it was like in kind of like a strip mall situation. Like each, it's going to be individual businesses. They're going to be leased out. And I was like, okay. And the, the worker was like, do you want the guy's number? And I was like, sure. So I like randomly called him and he was like, oh, are you looking to open a business? And I was like, I don't know. And he was like, um okay, like, do you want to come like look or like talk? I was like, sure. And again, like I showed up and I, you know, I, I didn't know, like, this was just like, I passed one day and I got this like spark in me that I was like, I should open a business here. And, um, the more that I found out about it, I was like, let me think about this. And I went home and I did some research and then I did some more research. And then I like played with some numbers and, then I was just like, I'm going to do this. So um, the process isn't easy. I mean, you you have to learn a lot, like tax-wise. And, you know, I mean, I was building salon furniture. Like, I'm not a builder. Like, I don't, I don't know about this kind of stuff. Like, I was nervous when people would be sitting on my chairs. I'm like, please don't break. You know what I mean? Like, it was me and my mom, like it was me and my mom and we're like, they're like trying to like put this furniture together. And like, you know, I just had this vision and that's what I was 
trying to chase. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it was an awesome experience and it, it's not something that I would ever say, like I take back. And I think anybody that is, is interested in having a business, like it's something to at least take a chance on. Cause again, like you said, like, and that's still my attitude. Like if one day it just stops working, like I'll figure it out. Like I'll figure something out. Like I, you know, you gotta just, you gotta take chances. Yeah. One of those things I wish I took chances when I was younger. Cause now it's like, you know, like a, a married wife, kids, house, mortgage. Sure. It's like, I can't like, Hey kids, like we're not going to eat tonight. <laughs> we're not going <laughs> to eat tonight. Not, Sorry. Like, if, if yeah, daddy, like I'm going to go try and live a dream. I'm, I'm going to make uh half of what yeah. I make now. It's like, um, so I guess the point is like, if you, if you have an idea in your head or and if you don't have, you know, major responsibility, major responsibility, sure. Yeah, take the risk, do it. Take it. Yeah. Sure. So you have what, three years now with that, with the salon? Two and a half. Yeah. Two, two and, and a half. half. Yeah. And where's that located? Um, in Hazel Township. Okay. Yeah. And you have employees too that work there? I do. I have a couple girls that, that work for me. One that works a lot and the other two are part-time, which, you know, they have their own things going on. Yeah. So it's their part-time gig and that's cool too. And that's a responsibility for you. Like, I mean, I work for a small business. I work for Axelrad Screen Printing. Um, and I know that the owners of that place, like, they're really, um, you know, proud to be able to offer jobs to, you know, friends or, you know, just people that, need jobs and i'm sure that you know when they go to sleep at night you know they're not only worried about their business because it's their business and their livelihood for their family but they're also thinking about um you know the people they employ and their families and if anything happens to the business what happens to them exactly it's it's uh i don't think people really appreciate um business owners they think they they go to work they go home and they think that the the boss is counting millions of dollars and, you know, lighting money on fire. And there's a lot of of stress that is involved with. There's a lot of stress. Especially this, this economy that we're in right now, right? It's 2024. 2023 was not a, I don't don't think it was a great year. I don't know how it was for the, you know, your profession um, in in the the beauty world. But now, now we're in 2024. It's an election year. It's going to be weird. They just released a second round of uh, names on the the Epstein uh, files or whatever the hell that is. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be a weird year. It's gonna be a really weird year. People are uneasy. People are scared. So what I'm getting at is owning a business in this kind of uh, atmosphere is stressful. It's very stressful, yeah. But you wear it times very well. Are high times are low. Yeah, and you just gotta navigate through it all. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, you know, you have the salon, you are, uh, this, you know, drop it like it's yacht is going to kick off pretty soon. Um, I, I guess the salon offers you a lot of flexibility to be yes. able to, to do all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, yes. that's, that's, that's perfect too. It's awesome. I mean, obviously I get to make my own schedule. I'm typically in Monday through Thursday, the weekends. I'm used to being away with the band. Now I'll be away with this project. Um, and yeah, I just keep it rolling. So 
thoughts for this year? I mean, uh, outside of, you know, this new Tropic Legacy Yacht project, um, what's in store for, for Kira? Any big so, plans? I don't have anything crazy. Like I said, like, um, it's a big year of change, I think, for me. Yeah. Um, I mean, it kicked off as a big change for me. A, a huge part of me that I've been used to um, has come to a close. And now I'm taking on a new endeavor that hopefully I'll be good at. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's all about like seeing where things go and what opportunities arise and, you know, just really honing in on what I want to do next. Um, and what's, what's really next for me, even musically. Um, cause I know I'm not done, but I know I needed a break obviously from being in bands. So we'll see what's next. Just going with the flow. Just going with the flow, seeing what opportunities come up and figuring it out. Well, I mean, this, this last chapter couldn't have ended at a better time. I mean, it's no close out the, the year that you start the year fresh. Like that's, that's kind of cool. It is. And I mean, it's, it's been such an emotional week just trying to process that because there there's positives in it. And then there's also, you know, things that are, that are sad about it. Um, so it's really been a bittersweet situation, but you know, I'm really excited for the guys and I'm excited for myself because now I have all this opportunity to see, you know, what sticks. Yeah. Wildest show you ever played? The wildest show I ever played. Um, on a personal level, we did Thon. Retro did Thon. Yes. Um, at the Bryce Jordan Center the past two years. And playing that arena might have been the wildest shows I've ever played. Because nothing in my personal career match that energy and just that like there's so many emotions going on there's so much energy like there's so much like um just emotional you know reasoning why you're there and why people are there and what they're doing um and and honestly just being able to perform in front of a, a crowd that big and that into what you're doing um I would personally probably say it was the craziest show I've ever played because it's just like wild. <laughs> yeah. Now what I'm going to say is nothing against Thon. I think Thon is, is a great thing. And 99% of, of me is kidding when I say this. I still think Penn State is a cult. <laughs> I have my best, my best be. friends. My best friends. <laughs> Like his name is Chris. Uh, he went to Penn State, Maine. Met his wife at Penn State, Maine. I went down and partied at Penn State, Maine because he was there. Like, I mean, I have great moments being at yeah. uh, on that campus. But man, damn! If you go to Penn State, it's like that's in you forever. And I'm like, it what, is. Dude, what did you drink down there? Right. I, yeah. Maybe it's maybe it's jealousy. Maybe it's, maybe it's because I'm like. How the King's College? I mean, hey, I've never had that college experience, and I think the same because Penn State people—it's like their blood is like blue and white. Like, yeah, they, it's amazing. They drink maybe, something there for sure. Maybe something happened to them that, like, I just didn't get to experience at King's College. But correct. <laughs> maybe I didn't. Maybe I just didn't embrace college the way that you know that campus uh, 
just kind of makes you feel. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I joke. I joke with my. I, I mean, I was just in Penn, at Penn State uh, back in October for uh, a work event, and that was the first time back in. Shit, probably at least 15 years, if not more. And it's just wild to see how much it's been built up. Yeah. Over the years. Like, yeah. it's crazy. It's like its own little city. Like, no one has to leave that place ever. No, no. Which is awesome. And like before Thon, before being involved with Thon, I've never really had a reason to go to Penn State. So like, I just thought it was like this little town in the middle of nowhere where people decided they wanted to go be in school for four years and then I went there and I'm like oh they have like all this stuff there oh they have like I, I was like I okay I, I get it I get yeah. it it's not a little town in the, I mean it's in the middle of nowhere but like it's it's like it's like you said it's its own city like yeah it's crazy it's sweet yeah great yeah. restaurants yeah I just like shitting on them a little bit I have friends that just, <laughs> yeah, just you're, you're obligated to yeah my dad went to Penn State uh, nice. Not not main, not main campus. He was he's graduate sure. of like Wilkes Barre campus. Um, but he and I went to some games. He took me to some games when he was around. And um, yeah, I mean, so I I like Penn State for those reasons. I'm friends and my dad. And, yeah. But I like to make fun of my friends and say they're in a cult. Absolutely, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, worst show you ever played? You ever you ever play a show and no one showed up? <sighs> Worst show we've ever played. Was there a drunk guy that was inappropriate? We once played a wedding. We're in the middle of the wedding. Some One of the guests had a heart attack. That's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. Yeah. And we kind of, I mean, obviously we stopped and it was just like stressful and the bride was crying and the people were freaking out and then the ambulance came and like nobody knew what was going on. So I would have to probably say that was the worst show just because, like, scary. Yeah. <laughs> scary. That's, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. And on somebody's wedding day, like, imagine that being, like, your wedding memory. Oh, I couldn't. Yeah. I I think I was thinking about this recently. I don't know why. Um, But, yeah, something bad happening at a wedding. And how, like, for the rest of your life, like. Yeah. You know, the, the day that's uh, one reason I love weddings is because that's like the happiest day of, of someone or two people's <laughs> lives. Two people's lives, yeah. If not just them, but like their families, their friends. Like I, I tear up at, at weddings that I'm that I do, yeah. um, just because like out of happiness. Like it just, sure. I love happiness. I love being a part of it. I love seeing people happy, and uh, you know, for, you know, no matter what happens, if they, even if they get divorced two years. You know, from then, at least that that day, that moment, they were happy. Yeah, yeah so I agree. What is are cool? Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, we got to play a lot of great weddings where that didn't happen, and we got to make <laughs> you know be a part of a lot of weddings um, and people's days. So, thumbs up to that. But that one wedding, whew, yeah, stress. Of all the things that you do. I mean, I feel like everything you do makes people feel better. Yeah. You know, hair salon, people go there, they leave feeling like a million dollars. Like mm -hmm. that has to be so rewarding. So you, rewarding. Own the, you, own, you own the business. So you're also providing, like I said before, jobs for employees. Um, 
you're in in bands and you're in these projects and obviously people are going out to see you perform or be entertained um what's that like i mean what does that what does all that mean to you it honestly means so much like honestly i, I mean even getting into the beauty industry my biggest drive in it has always been making people feel better about themselves. I think that it's a really, I mean, most of my clientele is women. I think it's a very hard world for women to be in. I think there's a lot of expectations. I think, you know, there's a lot of insecurity. Um, and I just always wanted to be that light that if I could just make somebody light up, like when I spin that chair around and they see their hair and I see that smile on their face, like there's nothing that beats that for me. Like, you're making somebody's day by just doing something you love. Like it's, it's, it's literally priceless. Um, and it's really the same for music. I mean, like somebody could be having the worst day of, of their life and they just need to go out and, you know, be with friends and they get to dance and hear music. And you just see this, the genuine smile on people's faces. Like I like you uh, kind of like what you said, like I enjoy seeing people happy. Like there's nothing really that beats that. So it's, it's, it's a fulfilling feeling, but it's, it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, growing up and, and, and taking the risks that you made, I mean, was that part of the whole process? Like I, I want to do these things because I can have a positive impact or was that, was it maybe that plus also just fulfillment for you? Um, or maybe that wasn't even a, a thought. Like this is just like, hey, this is what I want to do with my life. And then that was kind of like a, you know, an added bonus? I think honestly, it was a mixture of both. It fulfilled me and it's something I was passionate about. But I remember from a young age, like posting original music online and like people coming to you and be like, this song mean, meant so much to me. Like I'm going through X, Y, Z. And this was like exactly what I needed to hear. Like, so you would just hear like people's stories like that. That it, it's crazy. I mean, even just for example, like that was when I was younger and this was a goal, but even for example, this past Sunday, I mean, the amount of people that came from all over the place and were actually like crying, like shedding tears about the fact that the band was done, like just telling us like stories of when they came to see us and like what it meant for them to come see us and how it took them out of like whatever they were going through. And they looked forward to like, it was just so touching to see like the impact that you could leave on people, whether it's writing your own music, doing their hair, playing in a cover band, playing a song that they love that they get to hear your rendition of, you know what I mean? Like it's just, it's unmatched. It's special. It's special. It's definitely special. So good, good for you. And congratulations on all of that. Thank you. Real quick. I'll let you go. Um, we, we barely touched on it, but you mentioned, you know, your own original stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> is there a lot of that available? Um, is that something that you focus on a lot? Some wish you wish you had more time for, I mean, what does that, what does that space look like for you? So it's been a little bit since I've done original music. Um, I kind of fell 
Not, I mean, I just, I think I love, I think what I've loved so much about doing covers is that it took a lot of pressure off of you when it came to original music, at least in the pop circuit. That's kind of what turned me off from doing original music is like writing out in LA. Like everybody wants to take your song and like split it into a million pieces. It's like, oh no, you need this lyric. That lyric doesn't work. It has to be about this. Like it has to fit in this box. Like there's too many rules. And like, I just wanted to make people happy. You know what I mean? And then I found this cover band world where you like go out and sing other people's songs and people love it. So I was like, this is awesome. I'm doing what I love, but the pressure's off of me. So I kind of took a really long break from, from writing and putting out my own stuff. Um, but that's not to say from time to time, something doesn't pop into my head and I write it. Um, and you never know, maybe I, I will do something with it. Maybe get that yeah. itch when you're, uh, yeah. you know, when you're post DJ and hosting these, yeah. uh, you'll be like, I, I need to, now do you play guitar or is it just piano? I play piano. I play a little bit of guitar, guitar. not anything to go crazy with, but sure. you know, I could play some songs, um, but mainly a piano girl. Okay. Fair enough. That's cool. Yeah. Well, you know, it's one of those things, all the, all the naysayers, people growing up and, you know, you can kind of look back and not laugh. Cause you're not the type of person from what I gather from you. It's, probably one of those people who probably like you know bless your heart yeah <laughs> you know um it's not a it's not a it's, you, you didn't do these things to you know rub it in their faces or to prove them wrong you did them all for yourself and and everything you've done you've wanted to do for yourself and yeah that's great and it's uh it's, it's a really cool thing and um yeah i mean there's there's not a lot i can say about that other than good for you yeah Thank you. So I appreciate your time. Um, Thank you so much. Best of luck with uh, Drop It Like It's Yacht. Thank you. you I'm very excited. If you you see Jason, tell him I said hello. I definitely will tell him. (laughs) I'll let him know. (laughs) It's been a minute since I've seen him. I'm trying to think of the last time I saw him. Like I said, our mutual friend is John Henderson. Um, He's got the AC Beer Fest coming up in March. Yeah. Or March, March or April. Um, and Jason does all the booking for those events. He does, yes. Um, March or April, maybe early April, and then he's doing the summer sessions because his his whole business changed with COVID, when COVID hit too. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad they've been bringing great entertainment to Atlantic City. They so, are, yeah. Uh, and actually, so Drop It Like Is Yeah is it's Jason Goldfarbs and Ryan Kelly from Ever Artist Management. Um, so it's their project together. Cool. Um, I'm not sure if you know him. He's from Garden State Radio. Now he has I, Ever Office Management. I know the I know the name Garden State Radio. Yeah. Actually, when I was working in radio, I tried to or I was uh, doing an event for LT Verastra when I hit up Jason, looking nice. for a top level um, cover band, and nice. Garden State Radio was one of them. It didn't work out, but yeah. So, yeah, they're cool people. I'm really yeah. excited to be on board with this group. Um, they're doing cool things. Can people find your original music on Spotify? I don't think any of it would be on Spotify. It would probably no. be on SoundCloud. Okay. Just curious. Um, 
but there's there's things out there so okay cool it's on there yeah well looking forward to 2024 for you um looking forward yeah. to seeing photos of the the yacht parties not yes. on a yacht but yacht parties not on a yacht but acting yeah. like we are <laughs> but dress like you are party like you are yes it's all good vibes it's all good things and then you know best of luck with your business uh lux and lunar right yep lux and lunar and uh tell your cat i said hello (laughs) he definitely wants to be on the podcast yeah what's his name big fan his name's zeppelin zeppelin fitting my cat's name is mooch oh i love that in fact um we're recording this. This probably won't come out for uh, another week and a half. But uh, today, as a matter of fact, uh, in 2015, so nine years ago today, is when our this cat Mooch first made contact with us. Wow! At a, a couple houses ago, um, she came on the back porch. We saw little footprints, and it was January. It was cold. Um. My wife being the uh, bleeding heart and wonderful woman that she is, and a cat lover as well, uh, you know, kind of saw the, the footprints. And so we, there was a, the tarp or the table on the deck that we had. So we had a little space there for it if they, you know, wanted to get out of the cold. Sure. And then I think a month later, um, after, you know, she started feeding her, and eventually we, we made contact with the cat. I, I wanted nothing to do with a new cat. I had I, we had a cat. The cat we had was diabetic. Um, wasn't like you know we weren't in you know trying to mix these two together was not an ideal situation. But we made contact with the cat, and it was over after that. I remember I was like, "We're not getting this cat in here. Not going to happen." And it sat outside by the sliding glass door from the deck into the the kitchen area and uh, i remember it meowing and seeing little puffs of air coming out of its mouth and i'm like i'm not i'm not that kind of person i can't (laughs) i can't let it sit out there so yeah so um we had named her or we didn't even know if it was a he or her at the time but we named it mooch before we ever made contact because it would come take food and leave so we just we, we we called it Mooch before we even had it. Yeah. So she's uh my diabetic cat died in twenty twenty two. He was eighteen. Oh wow. And he was he was diabetic for um twenty twenty two. He was so ten years. So if he's 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 almost eighteen. He was diabetic for ten. So out of the seventeen full years, he was diabetic for ten of them. Which is like my vet was like, this is unheard of. There's yeah. like this, like this, this never happens. Like, it's a good life. You're doing something right. You know, insulin shots twice a day, um, like clockwork, seven a.m., seven p.m. Most he's like, most people would just like put it down or just you know, because insulin was expensive for a cat. Yeah, three hundred dollars a vial. Um, it would last a few months, but yeah, that's expensive. Yeah, it was. It was an investment, but I'll have his memory forever. Yeah, you gave him a good life. That's awesome. We did. It was great. But on that note, I'll let you go. Perfect. Best of luck with the hair salon. <laughs> Best of luck with Drop It Like It's Yacht. Um, hopefully, uh, if you play some acoustic shows or duo shows, uh, 
maybe I'll catch you out playing live. Yeah, absolutely. Come on. Um, but I appreciate your time very much. Uh, It was great uh, officially meeting you. Um, Yes. And uh, we'll stay in touch. Sounds good. All right. Thanks so much. Love it. Thank you. Have a good night. You too. See ya. (laughs) Bye.